Hey there, on this June 13, 2021, it's EDB here, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long, and I believe you're connected because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing, and we are glad in it. Most gracious Father, we thank you, we praise you, we give you glory and honor for this another day, another week, another year that you have brought us and kept us. You gave us life this morning for the sole purpose to praise and worship you and glorify you and to do your work. What you created us to do, even before the foundations of the earth, and we thank you, Lord, that we can come to you this first day of the week and come to you as your children, as your as your kingdom citizens to release our minds and our hearts to a true and living God that he may open up to us the bowels of his understanding, of his knowledge and the wealth of all that is that he knows and places in his children just enough to do what he has asked us and called us to do. And we thank you, Lord. We ready ourselves by asking you for forgiveness of sins, that what we've done aware and unaware, wash us and cleanse us. Your word says that we confess our sins to you, that you are faithful and you are just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And Father, we come and we ask you of that this morning because we understand and and know that we are not perfect beings, but we are being recreated in you each and every day as we live. You renew our hearts. You renew our minds. You show us the right and for wrong. You show us which way to go. You correct us, and we thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit that you have given us to do that, and we thank you. Thank we don't you. take it for granted that that in you we live, we move, and we have our being. We don't take it for granted, Lord God. It is you that give us our life and our health and our strength. It's you, Lord God, that allow us to understand that all in good and perfect things come from you, from above. And it is your great <laughs> desire to give us good gifts. Yes. And we thank you. And, God, you have proven that as we look around, what we have and what you have entrusted into our hands are good gifts. We looked up and we look and we can look around the rooms we are setting down. It's good gifts. We look at our bodies, and and they may not be at the best. They may not be at 100%, but, God, they are good gifts. Yes, they are. The gift of life and the gift of our clothing and our shelter. And most of all, our minds, Lord, that's a good gift to be able to have the mind and have your mind and a mind that no one had to dress us this morning. No one had to bathe us. Oh, Father, the alarm clock woke up, but God, it was you that that, that that caused our body to react to the alarm clock that we got up this morning. Uh, that's a good gift. That's a good gift, Lord. And we, and we thank you for that. You gave us families, you gave us friends, you gave us, uh, you gave us uh, uh, one another, Lord. 
you gave us this you gave us first virtual lord and and we thank you for all of that such a great God you are. We are able to lift our hands this morning. Yes, we are. We are able to breathe on our own. We are not hooked up to no kind of tubes, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord. That's a good gift. Yes, Lord. Good gift. Oh, we thank you, Lord God. We praise you. Some of us have, have have lived, and most of us have lived beyond 50 and 60 and 70 years old. Yes, you have given us a good life, and Lord, every day has not been peaches and cream, but every day has been a day of thanksgiving. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Every day has been a day of thanksgiving. And we thank you, and we praise you, Almighty God. Ah, oh, you have done so much that we can be thankful for. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you. Oh, we thank you. Father, you bless your name, Jesus. I just want to give you a praise right here. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. When I look out at the massness of of the glory and the things around you, Lord, we can't help but praise you. We can't help but give you the glory. Through danger and seen and unseen, Lord God, you have kept us through accidents and operations and and all kind of joint replacements. You kept us through heart attacks and strokes. You kept us through coronavirus, Lord God. You kept us, Lord God, through high blood pressure and low blood pressure. Lord, incident levels are going out, going all out of whack. But God, you kept us through all of that. You kept us through wars and con. You kept us through hurricanes and floods. You kept us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. Sometimes some abuse, Lord God. Some bad marriages, Lord God. Some children going astray, even death. God, you kept us, Lord. Jesus, you Oh, Lord, you dear God, and we still thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Sometimes we just sit in the, in the wonder of you, and we can't help but shed a tear. Now, sometimes it starts off to be sad tears, but as we go on and keep on thinking, we can't help but come back around and say, but God. Hallelujah. God, but God, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. And God, we come this morning, Lord God. Uh, We come this morning in prayer. Father, we pray for our neighborhoods and we pray for our family and our children. We pray for those who we we know. We pray for those who we don't know, Lord. We pray for our friends. We pray for our enemies. We pray for those who despitefully use us, Lord God. And we, we, we pray for those who talk about us and scandalize our names. And we pray for those who don't even understand us. And, and, and sometimes it hurts that they don't understand us, but we love you and love them anyway, God. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, we praise you, Lord God. That's a great God you are. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. And Father, we do lift them up before you, Lord God. Yes. We pray for 
our cities and we pray for Lord God that our mayors we pray for those who who are in leadership Lord that calls the shots of our nation Lord and, and 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 those who make decisions as it relates to our livelihood God we pray for them Lord and and we lift that they may make the right decisions on 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 our behalf that it will not cause harm to us we pray, Lord God, that they, Lord God, will look at us as people, as your people, as equal people, not as people that are, are, are grouped because of their color or their gender or their nationality and even sometimes their choices. Father, we pray, Lord God, that they will look at people as your people, that they will make decisions, Lord God, that are godly. They will make decisions that is prompt on their heart because you have touched their heart. Lord, some of them not saved, and some of them, Lord God, have never been into, into a place of a relationship with you. But we pray, Lord God, first that they will get a relationship with you, and they will come to know you. But, Father, I do pray, Lord God, even in the midst of them may not know you, that, God, that you will use them for your glory. Oh, God, we pray, Lord God, that you will use them, Lord God, God, that the hand of work of, of you be used through their decision-making, Lord. We have police officers at a split of a second of a moment have to make a decision whether to pull a gun or to pull a taser or just to conversate. Lord, we have, Lord God, politicians have to make decisions whether they vote on uh, health care or vote on wages or, or vote on the, the health care of people, Lord God, and Father, they, they have to make decisions, and Father, we pray that they make the right decisions, Lord. Oh, Father, we have air pilots that are flying planes that have to make decisions at a split moment. Lord God, we just pray for the military people that are on the front lines fighting to defend other people. Have to make decisions, Lord God, at a split moment, God. Pray, Lord, we pray for them, Lord. We pray for those executives that are that owning corporations and presidents of corporate CEOs and the CFOs, Lord God, of major corporations, Lord God, that bring jobs to our community, that bring jobs, Lord God, to our area, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that they will make decisions, Lord, that the wages that they pay people will be good wages, Lord God, that the benefit packages will be good benefit packages, Lord God. Oh, God, we pray, Lord God, for the vast and opportunities, Lord God, will be opened up to our people, especially our children and our grandchildren. Oh, God, opportunities, Lord God, that we didn't get as children that was not afforded to us for whatever reasons. Father, we pray, God, that these opportunities, Lord God, will be opened unto them, and, and they will be able to explore them with freedom, Lord God. They will be able to explore them, Lord God, with confidence, Lord God, with assurance, Lord God, with the giftings that you have poured inside of them that is urgent, that is fighting and get out of them, Lord God. And we just pray, God, that you would touch hearts, Lord God, of our mayors and the councilmen and our governors and our senators and our House of Representatives and our President of our United States of America, God, as he meet with Queen 
wings and as he meet with other country leaders, Lord God, across this world, we pray a covering upon him, Lord God, that he will walk, Lord God, in the glow of you, Lord God. Give him favor. Give him favor with those people and those other prime ministers and presidents as he stand before them, God. Allow them to understand they standing before a man that you made, Lord God, for this season and this time. And God, we pray protection upon his life and his health, Lord God, and strengthen him, God. God, give him wisdom that is beyond man and give him what he needs as he go out and do the things that you called him to do. Lord, bless this. Bless us now. As we come, as we come this morning on this service, as we come, bless the man of God as he pour out of his heart what you have given him for us to say today, for him to say to us today, God bless him. Oh, let the oil of your Holy Spirit move upon his life. Ah, touch Eric right now in Jesus' name, word his mouth. Send an anointing that make preaching easy. Sit on the take on this wall, on this line this morning, that everybody that has sold it, Lord God, will be electrified and energized and motivated to do the things that you have called us to do. Hey, glory to God. What a great day it is to be in your service and to be amongst the land of the living. Oh, God, we thank you. We praise you. And we give your name the glory. And we give your name the praise. In Jesus' name. Yes. Hallelujah. We'll call him Savior. Savior. Hear our humble cry. While on others thou are calling. Do not pass me by. At this time, we will pray, and you will pray, and maybe there's a vast of things that I didn't cover this morning. Maybe the Lord has it on your heart. Maybe it's something that you need to release before we continue into this service. Let's do that now in our meditation. We'll cry in Savior, Savior, hear our humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass us by. Amen. Well, good morning, First Virtual. I'm telling you, I feel Jesus 
I feel Jesus in this spirit this morning. I hope you are ready to receive from the Lord this morning. We just like to welcome you to First Virtual, and I pray that you come with a spirit of expectancy, not knowing what's going to happen, but know one thing, that God is here with us today, and God knows he's there with you wherever you may be. So we welcome you. Look, I, I hope your coffee don't get cold this morning because you already been praising God. You already been lifting up your hands. Some of you may have already taken a lap around the house. Hey, glory to God. However, wherever, what has already happened, the best is yet to come. And we pray that you're ready to receive from the Lord this morning. I know I'm ready, but I'm going to get ready to let go this day because I feel the Lord this morning. I feel like hollering, but I got to give it over to Brother. Good morning, Brother Dennis. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I am great. Thank you for that word. You know, definitely uh, got to be thankful every day. You know, Thanksgiving is every day. Amen. We get up and praise God. <laughs> Thank Him for what He does for us. Thank you for giving us another day. Amen, brother. Thank you. Thank you for that message. Thank you for the prayers. We definitely need prayers every day. Amen. You know, this has been quite a week. Uh, I thought I'd have to build an ark here last week. It rained so much, and the sun came out, and it rained some more. But, you know, that's all part of God's plan for us. It's all part of God's plan for the beautiful grasses and the trees and shrubbery and the flowers that are just blooming all over. You know, God renews the earth every year. Uh, that's, that should be a, a, a sign to us that we need to renew ourselves. Uh, I say we need to renew ourselves every year, but we need to renew ourselves every day. Amen. You know, renew ourselves in our, our faith with God and, and what he does for us. You know, we have to uh, remember who he is and what he is. And, and sometimes we just uh, have to take a deep breath and, and head in that direction. You know, sometimes we have to take a deep breath and walk down the streets that we don't want to walk down. We have to face things that we don't want to face. But uh, with God on our side, it, it is a great, a great feeling to know that we have, we have the, the conqueror with us. We have the one that's going to provide us going to take care of us, going to protect us, and going to see us through whatever we might face. But we have to remember one thing. It's important. And, uh, you know, God tells us that uh, uh, we, have to, we have to remember who he is and, and what he can do for us. And, and the first thing that he does for us is provide grace. He provides grace for us. He doesn't charge us for it. He doesn't charge us for anything that he gives us. You know, you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay the taxes to get his to get his salvation. But we have to remember that we have to do something for him. And what we have to do for him is we have to get on our knees and pray, and we have to get on our knees and talk to him. And and. Uh, you know, just like he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden, he wants to walk with us. So we have to understand he has to, wants to walk with us. But we have to be, we have to be holy in his sight. And the way we can be holy in his sight is that we ask him for the forgiveness that he offers us. 
and 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 even in the Old Testament, uh, there's uh, in Psalms, uh, Psalm 51. There's two verses. The first two verses of the psalm, um, you know, it tells us what we what we need to do every day, uh, because we we fall short of God's grace every day, and, and we fall short because we walk in this world, and 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 we have to ask God for what He can provide for us. In Psalm 51, verse one and two, it says, "Have mercy on me, O God." according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. But out of my trans but, but out of my transgression, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. We should do that on a daily basis. We should ask God for forgiveness for our sins. You know, so uh, yeah, I uh, uh, you know, over the years of my um, talking to people and stuff, I remember one fella, he says, I don't sin anymore now that I've accepted Jesus. And, and, and I said, wow, that's great. How do you do that? How do you not sin? You know, uh, I don't know anybody that uh, was without sin. Yes, I do. I do know somebody that was Jesus himself. Because, you know, it, it's hard not to have that have that problem in our lives you know we walk down the street and we see something or we see somebody and we make a judgment you know we we uh not that we're talk out loud or or say anything out loud but maybe in our mind we think something and, and after we think it we go wow why did i even think that why did i even think that of that person i don't know who who he or she is why would i say that or or you know, maybe we see something that that spurs something in our in our hearts or in our minds of something that we have done in the past, and, and we start dwelling on it. You know, the sins of our past. You know, we have a hard time, um, even though God tells us that He separated us from our sins from east to west. But you know, the, the Satan is is there going, "Hey, I remember you when you used to." But we have to thank God. You have to thank Him that He's given us our grace and, and that He's forgiven us. Sometimes we have to say, "Okay, Lord." You know, I messed up. I messed up this today. I messed up this two minutes ago. I'm sorry. You know, help me, help me, help me. Help me get through it. Help me to prepare myself that that doesn't happen again. You know, and, and just try to be stronger. You know, and try to try to walk through that. Yeah, we may not do the same things we used to do, but sin is sin. It doesn't matter what we used to do or what we're doing now. No matter what the sin is, it's still a sin, you know, and we have to remember that. And we have to thank God that he, he forgives us, and he will forgive us. And and, and, uh, and we have to ask and thank him on a daily basis. You know, sometimes I, I, I look and I'm going, okay, mm, I used to be this way, this way, and this way. I used to live in sin. Now I don't live in sin. And my sin is not, not as much, but there's still sin. You know, and, and if you say there's not sin in your life, then, then we need to talk. We need to pray about it because Amen. everybody has that problem. No, no matter how, what, it, what it might be. It might be envy. You know, that, that's part of it. it. might be pride. That's part of it. You know, 
I'm just, I mean, you could pick out everything. Yeah. You know, things things aren't, you know, okay. Okay, Lord, why can't you? No, it's not why can't you. Lord, can I just ask forgiveness? Lord, I know that you're in charge. I know that you're going to take care of this God. But give me the strength oh, yeah. to understand that you will. Don't let me doubt you. Is doubt of sin? Hmm. Hallelujah. No. Yeah. Out of, out of being, you know, out of being who God is, and we have to remember that God is God. We can't, you know, we 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 can't change Him. You know, it, 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 we're we're in, uh, you know, we were created ah. in God's image. It's not that, uh, you know, God was created in our image. I don't think it works that way. But sometimes we try to make Him that way, don't, don't we? And, and uh, sometimes we want God to do what, you know, okay, God. This is what I need you to do. I don't think he, no, Lord, this is what I would like. But, you know, please, it's your will. I'm going to leave it on you. Uh, well, maybe I, if I can change this, like, no, move it up to God. Thank God. Thank Get you, back. Jesus. Relax. Hallelujah. You know, yeah, it'll be okay. Yeah. Mm. We, we understand that. And we have to put our trust in God. You know, as I was growing up, I put my trust in who? In my parents. I trusted them that they were going to provide for me and take care of me. They're going to teach me how to walk, you know. But I had to learn to crawl first, right? So I had to learn to eat, talk, you know. I learned that uh, God was going to provide for me. And, and, uh, and who taught me that? You know, somebody had to teach me. It wasn't, I wasn't born with the knowledge that God loves me. You know, somebody had to teach me that. You know, they opened the book and they told me. They taught me how God, how much God loved me. Did I follow that all, all my life? I'd like to say yes. Uh, you know, I don't know anybody that really, you know, no, not really. You know, come on now. You know, be truthful with yourself. And that's something we have to be. We have to be truthful with God. Truthful with God and what he does for us. But we have to be honest with him. Sometimes it's hard to be honest. Sometimes it's hard to say, Lord, I am so sorry. You know, you have, you have the understanding to give me compassion. You have more compassion than I'll ever know. And you will take care of all my iniquities. And you will cleanse me from all my sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. Give me that strength that I need. That when these things arise, that I will have strength to, to face, you know, what, what there is to face. You know, there, there was, uh, you know, sometimes in my life I go, Lord, I, I, I'm going to be in a position where I don't want to be, but I'm going to give you the glory for of it. And I'm going to say, Lord, be with me. Give me the right words to say. Give me the right things to do while I'm in this situation, while I'm in this place. And then I may come out the way you want me to come out. And I will say the words that you want me to say. You know, give it, give it to him. And just let him, let him work on it. Let him teach you. Let him open the book in your mind. You know, let him, let him just work, work with your soul and your spirit. And say, okay, I hear you. I'm going to take care of you. And if you trip and fall and bruise your knee, I'll be there. I'll be there to pick you back up. You know, God has a lot of bandages. He, he can take care of a lot of hurts. He can take care of a lot of pain. And we have to remember that. But we have to be honest with him. Just like we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, 
many times in your life as growing up that something would happen and your teacher or your parents would go, okay, what did you do wrong? And you go, uh, nothing. And you know that wasn't right, right? Come on now. And you had, you had, to, you had to fess up, you had to confess to them. Because you knew if you told them the truth, it would be a lot what, easier. It'd be a lot easier on you. Because the more you, you lie, or put lies on top of lies, the deeper you get in. And we have to be that way with God. First of all, you got to remember, there's, you can't lie to God, because God already knows. He just wants to hear it from you. He wants to hear what you did and why you, not so much why, he knows why. But he, he wants to hear you say, God, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. I ask for you to give me the strength. Give me the understanding that I will not. I will try. I will do my best. I will pray to you. I will give you all the glory. Help me. Just help me. Help me. Not to do. Not to fall. Not to stumble. And you will. I know you. And I'll give you the glory for that. And I know that I will be what? A better person. A better witness. Of who you want me to be. Amen. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you do forgive me. You do have that compassion. And you do have that uh, no matter what situation for you know you are in control. And I have to understand that. And I have to just give you thanks. Like Pastor Lewis said, every day is a day of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your love and your un, you know, unfailing, undying love. And that you will always, always be there. No matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. Lord, I just thank you. Amen and amen. to uh, just move quickly. I'm going to bail, go ahead and get on the, the keys. I got a long way to go and a short time to get there. And uh, while she's preparing herself for it, uh, I would like for you to uh, I'd like for you to think about something this morning. A, this would be a great opportunity if you have the the time. I know there are a few of us who are out doing our things, working and what have you, and we don't have the, the time to, to read. But while she's playing, if you go ahead and quickly get your Bible open, we'll be over in Isaiah. Where did I I lost my notes? Isaiah chapter number eleven, I believe it is. Yeah. Just hang out right there. And I would like for you to think about something. I would like for you to while she's playing 
Ask yourself a question, those of you specifically who are getting ready to go down, maybe later on. Ask yourself why you go to church. Just ask yourself that question in your head. Only you have that answer. I'm going to give you a theological and psychological and sociological answer, but the personal answer is your own. So if you do that, Mama Bell's going to play and then we'll have this little discussion. Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Isaiah chapter number 11 Where I was? Well, we're going to read it from here. 
Isaiah chapter 11 verse 12 says, He will lift up a banner for the nations and gather the dispersed of Israel. He will collect the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people who will survive from Syria, Assyria, as there was for the Israels when they came up from the land of Egypt. Once again, it says, He will lift up a banner for the nation and gather the dispersed of Israel. He will collect the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people who will survive from Assyria as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. From there, I want to focus on a thought. Show your colors. Show your colors. Now, kind Father, we ask you and thank you for this opportunity, for this privilege to be able to gather here and connect in various ways. We thank you for those who even are out and about and trying to pursue their objectives and goals, that while they're doing so, they are still able to connect and learn and follow and fellowship and better understand what it is that you would have for us to do. We thank you for this opportunity again as you're presenting your case today as we, your spiritual jurors, can have the, the chance to without shadow of doubt see what it is you are saying unto us. And all those in agreement with that prayer responded with a howdy. Amen. Amen. I remember being a little boy around about the age of nine, I want to say. I was down at the First Baptist Butte Street, you know, over there in downtown Norfolk, right across from Scope, for those of you who are familiar with the city. And I remember going over there to the scouting program. It was Pac-77. Pac-77 uh, in its day was literally the place for not only scouting for boys, but scouting for girls. It was a waiting list at one point in time to get into the program. If you ever could get an opportunity to do so, you were considered to be amongst the elitist. You were high saluted, if you will. 
And not only if you got into the program where you're highfalutin, but if you actually excelled in it, well, that just took you up a few paces. I'm sitting here in this program nine years old, not really interested in being there. As a matter of fact, I can't even tell you why I was put there. There's a lot of things in my early life I can't tell you why I did. Somebody in the infinite wisdom thought that I should be a part of these institutions, and that's fine. That was their prerogative. I got nothing to do with that. But as I sat here in this program, not really caring much about it, I found something to care about. Over in the corner there, it was three pieces of cloth that seemingly grabbed every ounce of my being. It was a cloth that symbolized the institution by which I was connected. PAC 77 was written on there with this big eagle, if you will, and some sort of brownish fabric. I really do not know to this day what it was. It was a symbol of an eagle with a uh, bowing, should I say, to a bobcat. That was the Cub Scout symbol. And then on the other side was this blue flag with a woman on it. We always looked at it, us boys, and said, she naked. I don't know if you ever paid attention to the Virginia State flag and realized that uh, she decided to let you see a few things she did on the state flag. Then there was this one in the middle. That one was the beauty. This particular one was draped in gold tassels. It had little strings hanging from it called tassels. But what was inside of that embroidered gold tassel was a blue box with 50 white stars and Connected to those 50 white stars were 13 stripes. Seven of them red, six of them white. I sit here today not remembering them in fulfillment. In full disclosure, I had to sit here and count the flag as I was sitting here in front of me, because at the time I didn't understand those things. I didn't really pay attention to the flag. I had found myself just fascinated by it because it was sitting there and it felt like you were somebody when you held it. I marched in parades with that flag up and down the streets of Norfolk, Virginia, in the Norfolk State 
homecoming parade we used to do every November. Then the city lights parade, which we did somewhere around the same time. I carried that flag. Then once I became of age and moved on into another focus, if you will, somewhat similar, even though I had changed regiments or changed ideals or changed positions, whatever you wish to put there, moving from Boy Scouting into ROTC, I still was attached to that flag. It was a funny thing because in the ROTC program, you're only in there four years. You started ninth grade and you graduated 12th. And most of the time, if you are in the program and you start to rise up the ranks, you have a position for somewhere between six months to a year. The point of that is to get you exposed to all aspects of the service. In this case, it would be the Navy. So you'd come in your first year and you would train under the senior cadets. Then the second year, you might get yourself a little spot, a little cabinet head, if you will, a staff position where you are running or or overseeing a group of your junior subordinates. Then round about your junior year, you move up to the senior positions. You are the SCPO, the Senior Chief Petty Officer, which means that you are in control of various positions, or various operations, should I say, from the mustering of the children, making sure that when you go on the field trips that you have all the permission slips, that if there's some irregularity, that there's some parents that need to be contacted, whatever case may be, the senior chief petty officer is responsible for that, but it ain't important to me. No, the most significant part of that position was the person who occupied it got the right, got the privilege, was responsible for making sure that on the front of Maury High School, flew the flag, and I would get there every morning and make sure that that flag was raised, it was crisp. I remember getting into a fight with a janitor one day because the lazy yo-yo forgot to take it down the night before, and I came in, and the flag was still flying, and he knew I was mad. He had to be about 40 if he was a day, running scared of a 16-year-old. When I pulled up and got out the car and just looked and saw it was still on the pole, you would have thought the general that saw that, that man got said, I'm not making this up. He he looked at me like, and I joked with him. And I told him, I said, if you get your mouth out of that girl, you can take my flag down at night. 
Every time he sees me, he reminds me that I say that. He had a little girlfriend on the janitorial staff. You don't need to know the details, but I knew what was going on. I just wanted my flag taken down because it was it was sacrilege. It was it was disrespectful. You didn't leave the flag hanging out all night long. It was almost like your children. You have to make sure it was tucked in at night, the flag you did. It was not allowed to get a drop of water on it. We had to come out of class if it started to rain to make sure that that flag was moved from the pole. You could be dripping wet, but that flag had to be secured. All that for a flag. And, and you know the funny thing? As I sit here, my chair wants to talk. Please forgive me for being so disrespectful. All that behind a piece of cloth. And I don't remember ever really understanding why that flag existed. Oh, tomorrow, if you are looking around, you're more than likely, for those who still, as they say, give a hoot, you might see them flying high all over the cities. The celebration of Flag Day. 14th of June every year. But never, never, never once, never once that I can recall was it ever really explained why that flag was there. It was never discussed how it was created as a sign of political patriotism and it's never discussed that it was in some cases used as a rebel symbol. It was used in some cases an act of defiance. In military ordinances, the flying of one's colors could symbolize in some cases, the preparation of war. In maritime, when you go into enemy waters or foreign waters, there are certain protocols. All of my seamen's can definitely agree and back up this story, or this conversation, if you will. And that. Maritime waters, when you go in and you wave the flags, various flags you wave. You go on a cruise ship. I know some of you may be considering that here now that you you gotten out of jail. I'm sorry, lockdown. Just happen to look up at that cruise ship and you might see one or two flags. You're going to see the flag of its origin. And then you're going to see the flag of whatever nation that ship is porting in or riding through. And as they ride through those waters, 
For example, if you're riding through English waters, you probably change your flag to the British flag, and then once you have left the English waters and you enter the Mexican waters, you will see the Mexican flag, and then once you enter the Argentinian waters, you get the point. It's a flag of the hosting nation or the nation that those waters represent. That is a sign of friendship. We come in peace. But then when you see a ship coming and it's only displaying its nation's flag, for instance, if the American ship showed up only flying the stars and stripes in African territory or more uh, relevant Russian territories, you, you would know that they are coming for war. And then there's a flag known as the black American flag. People fly that in various places, and, and they use that for political reasons, but the black flag symbolizes we come to kill. Every flag means something. Every flag has a purpose. It, it symbolizes who you are and what your entity represents. And for so long, we have waved the American flag, and truthfully, most of us never paid attention to what it means or what it represents. There's some of us who have fought in wars under that banner and had no idea. As I tell you, every now and again, I like to read letters from various service persons, particularly those that are inscribed in the ground outside, waterside on this dock out there. They call it the military or the armed forces memorial. If you're not familiar with the place, it's a little dock, like the size of a box, if you will, or should I say the shape of a box, a square, which sits on a, on a little dock, a little pier over there near Nauticus. And in the center of that box, that square, sits a pole that houses the American flag. And under that flag are servicemen whose letters are laying there like fallen bodies along the shore. These are the people who have served, who have fought, and who have fallen under the American flag. And the one question that is central in all of those letters 
It's a funny thing how on the shores and our political streets there's a lot of patriotism. There's a lot of people who can wave the flag and they are very, very passionate about their beliefs and this is America. But when you get out on the battlefield, you start looking across the proverbial aisle, if you will, you realize that you're shooting at people who bleed just like you, who breathe just like you, who have fears just like you, hopes and dreams just like you. It becomes different when you get out there. The things that we sent our children off to war our grandchildren, our brothers, our sisters, our uncles, our aunts, our cousins, we sent them off under the American flag to defend our freedom, and in some cases that is a good thing. I am not here to preach an anti-patriotic message, but at the same time, those boys and girls get out there and they shoot at young people some of them who are just doing what they're told just like we are, who are clueless about why they're fighting just like some of us. It's a fascinating thing how many of us have waved the flag, and I'm not against waving the flag. I think it's a beautiful idea. There is no nation like this one. I dare you to find one. You hear a lot of things on CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and any of those places. But you see, the good thing about this country is it's one of the only nations that would allow you to sit there and criticize and condemn and, dare I say, even make stuff up. It's the only nation when you are allowed to sit at the cookouts and talk about the leader. Some other nations, if they dare came to your cookout and heard you cussing out Vladimir Putin, we'll see how long that cookout lasts, and more importantly, we'll see how long you last. There's no nation, even with all of its flaws and its horrifying past, there's no nation like this one. Only in this nation can you storm a Capitol building and seemingly get away with it. Can you ride through the streets holding up fists? Nobody seemingly says much. Oh, yes, there is political strife and police brutality, and all of those things do exist. But if you ever peel back the onion and get to the allergic induced section, which 
truthfully, nobody wants you to do. I love it how Paul gets over there and he's writing to one of the churches by which he is mentoring. And he says, listen, I need you to understand something. These people... They got you thinking a certain way. They got you feeling a certain way. But I'm writing you because I need you to not think like that. I would not have you. I take my time to write. I I send these letters. I come to visit every now and again because I just can't live. I can't stand the possibility of your being ignorant. The great thing about this nation is that it requires strong participation and strong interaction. If you're not careful, you can find yourself living in ignorance, fighting for something you have no clue about and believing in something that makes absolutely no sense. And not only does that happen under the banner of the American flag, but it happens under the banner of religious flags. The fascinating thing about the religious flag is, particularly the one by which we associate with the Christian flag, there is only one. That Christian flag white with the same blue box on the side and a red cross stamped within the emblem or in the middle. As I was growing up, and I'm not going to get into the details for the fear of embarrassing people, I will admit I did not know why I raised or had any fonding of the American flag. All I know, I just like to raise it up and down the pole. I like to watch it wave. I I really wasn't concerned if we can have a moment of candor about the meaning of it. That that did not suit me. It's just the opportunity to watch it fly and it would twist, and the wind would get it, and it would go back and forth, and then it would rest down so peacefully against the pole. I had one at school. I had one in Boy Scouts, but I I didn't have one at home. I, I wanted me a flag. And the opportunity came to get that flag, and, 
that flag came with conditions that I didn't want to agree with. So there was literally on one hand, you can count how many times I put that flag out. Because, you see, when the flag got here, the American flag, the one that I wanted, the 50 stripes with the 13 or the 13 stripes, excuse me, seven of them red, six of them white with the 50 stars that was white inside of the blue box. We got that right. Thank you for allowing me that moment of blunder. When that flag got here, it came with this other thing. This white thing with a red cross in the middle of it. And I was told you can't put the American flag out unless you put this one out. And nobody explained to me why I had to do both. I was told that's what I was going to do. And if anybody really knows the art of EDB, the sad reality is, and maybe this is to my detriment, even from the time that I cried to the world, there's not too much you're going to tell me to do, and I'm going to do it. I was told that that's what I was going to do, and you know how that ended. I no longer wanted a flag. And I don't think that the person that did it really understood their purpose. I think that they were just trying to make a statement. They were trying to push Christianity. But you see, when you push something in a simplest form and never explain it, what did you do? I hear a lot of people who say I made my children go to church. Well, that was only because I had no other place to go, so I suffered and I sucked it up until I became 18 years old, and once I got out your house, I did not care anymore because just making me go does not solve anything when you don't explain to me why I'm there. I had family members. One of them in particular, I've talked to him. He was made to go to church. You're not going to get him in there now. He was forced to go as a child, but when he got there, he saw the preacher. He won't work a cuff. He was at the ball on Saturday night and in the whole house on Friday morning and then want to get up and preach on Sunday. We were forced to go live and associate with hypocrites and lying people, and yet we were never explained to. Maybe if you'd have sat down and told me that we have our issues, nobody's perfect. Maybe if you sat down and told me Not to look at the individual, but look at God. Maybe if you told me back then, it might have sunk in, but it wasn't told to me. 
I was just told to look beyond the faults. And you didn't come here to see people you came to see God. Well, it's impossible to get to God when the girl singing about him got a breast out. I'm just a horny teenager. It's impossible to get to God when I'm smelling liquor on the third row. All under the Christian flag. And then there's another part to that Christian flag that's fascinating. Maybe some of you are smart. I'm I'm not going to profess to have such intelligence in this matter. To realize that no matter what church you attend, you're only going to see one Christian flag. Have you noticed it? Whether it's Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Church of God in Christ, Church of God, Church of God Disciples, Southern Baptist, Northern Baptist, Central Baptist, State Baptist, Black Baptist, White Baptist, Green Baptist. Whether you believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, the Trinity, or you believe that Jesus is under God next to the Holy Ghost around the corner. Whether God is a fire-breathing white man or a sincere, loving Jew, it doesn't really matter where you find yourself in the reformational corner. There's only one Christian flag. a flag that symbolized the unity, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. It's only supposed to be one church, and yet there's 500 on every corner. And that was just as of Tuesday. You wait to open back up. There's going to be some new ones pop out, you know. You watch what I tell you. I saw some storefronts opening up here in a minute. Most of them somewhere in the pulpit or on a side wall has that Christian flag there. Not knowing why. not really understanding that that Christian flag contradicts the reason why your church was created. I guarantee you, head down to the library and open the book. Open the history book of your church. I guarantee you're going to find everything regarding it. They were built because we needed a Presbyterian church on this corner to rival the Baptists that had just moved in six days ago. We need a Methodist church over here because there are too many Catholics that are running around these streets, and so we need to make sure that our message has a levering factor in that community. Most of them were put here to rival the other. 
That's why when you get in certain areas, on certain streets, you can find every denomination literally on that one street. Neither of them can get along, but yet they all fly the same flag. Why? What does it mean? What is the difference between an AME and a Baptist? Oh, I know what it is on paper. I understand the historical significance. That that makes sense to me. But pass by that, what does it mean? Mm. As I bring this to a close very quickly, please allow me a few moments of your time extra just to wrap this up. Because as I think about that flag and what it's supposed to represent, I ask myself the same questions that I'm presenting to you. I heard someone whisper in the shadows a few moments ago as they were sipping on their coffee. What is my point? I'm glad you asked. My point is, there are many who ask the questions that I have presented to you this morning. If I walk into a church, it may have a different name on the door, but they all have the same flag. And I ask, why? If you can't get along with the church down the street, if you can't associate with the one around the corner, but yet you all carry the same flag, why? We're fighting with each other over who's going to get TV coverage and who's going to get the counselor and the mayor. Why carry the same flag? Maybe in the fear of, or should I say in the the mindset of being fair, maybe we just never thought about it. I know I never. Maybe never answered the mind. What this thing we call church means. There's nothing wrong with your individual churches. I'm not here to debate that. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul preached about individual churches. He had the Church of Corinth, Thessalonica, Philippi, Colossians, Corinth. They were all different because they had different needs and ideas and and different ways of living and so forth. And neither one of them could connect with the other because they did not have the same ideas as the other. There was nothing wrong with that. One spoke to the business community, other spoke to the poor, another spoke to the widows, another spoke to the Jews. It was very okay. But they understood it. They knew that even though they had different mission statements, even though they had different callings, even though they had different purposes, they all knew that they were one body. One body with many branches. And so I ask, 
His grandmama comes to pray. As you find ourselves in our churches fighting over memberships, find ourselves fighting over who belongs where, does it really matter in the end? As long as people are getting what they were created to get, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if they got it under AME or under Jesus Christ, him crucified. Doesn't matter if it was done in a Baptist church or in a Presbyterian. As long as in the end people get to heaven, they connect with their creator. Does it really matter if it's in a church with a stained glass window with high cathedral ceilings or outside sitting under a tree? Can't Jesus meet them under that same maple tree, the same Jesus that met you in the cathedral with the high ceilings that you're paying $5,000 a month to heat? And the same to cool. I'm getting fresh air under this maple tree. I ask you to consider that. To think about that. What are your colors? What are the meanings? I'm going to tell you what the American means. And Grandmama's going to pray. I'm finished. I promise you. I thank you for the extra minutes of your time. There was a 35-year-old man. You might have heard of it at the time. He wrote of a little poem. That poem says a little something like this. Oh, say, can you see on the shore dimly seen where the foe hardly hosts and the dread silence repose? Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps. Pollutions no refuge could save. They're howling the slaves from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. Or thus be it ever, when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war of desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may their heavenly rescued land praise the power that has made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause is just. And this be our motto. Whether it's the American flag or the Christian flag, whether you're Baptist or Methodist, whether you're Episcopalian, Catholic or Jew, in God is our trust. Or the land of the free and the home. 
of the brave. Mama. Most gracious and all-wise Father, we just thank you for your word. God, as the word come today, God, help us to look and to realize and to understand, God, what we stand for. Help us, O God, to put our trust in thee. Help us, merciful Father, to know that you love us in spite of all that we have to go through. In spite of all, God, you're there for us. And God, this morning we give you thanks because you say give you thanks in all things. And we're giving you thanks this morning. Realizing, God, that we don't understand all, don't know it all, but God, we trust in you for all. And we just praise you this morning. Be ever with us, God. Help us to know that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages world without end and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus have a great day God bless you have a beautiful, beautiful day. And remember, Jesus is the answer to every man's quest. God bless.